0: Good morning traders and investors, we got another great show for you guys here, pre-market prep, more trouble ahead for Bitcoin, Elon Tesla, Mongolian talk expansion, Priceline and Google AI partnership, AI community, making a terrible mistake by Ken Griffin, We'll talk a little bit about that. Stitch Fix earnings, Dave and Buster's earnings. And we also can see out there that uh, we're getting some price raises out there. We'll take a look at some analyst ratings. We got Ryan Craver on today. We'll get into some Amazon. And of course, hmm, I wonder, could tonight GameStop maybe talk a little bit about some AI? Let's get into the action. You guys know where you're at. Pre-market prep. Hit the like. It's time to rise and shine, traders. Good morning, investors. Let's get to the action. Let's take a look. You guys can see the S&P 500 kind of climbing and just staying up here at the top of the range, definitely hanging in there. Uh, I did see a mention in the chat about the Qs, a little pullback there and not the biggest move, but we we do see it kind of hanging on here. Uh, TLT at uh, 102 and kind of holding on, of course, looking to see if the daily trend can start coming back but not looking good there in the TLT. And then when I take a look at crude, I'll put USO. But of course, I like taking a look at WTI, WTI at 72.50s and holding well above the 72.50s. I'm gonna take a look today to see if we can crack back below the 72s on WTI. And then of course, you guys are seeing issues there in Bitcoin, that's something to keep an eye out. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. But let's go ahead, let's bring on my man, Dennis Dick. Let's talk a little bit about the market. And the first question that I have to you, Dennis, is why is the rally holding here?
1: Okay, we're going to get into that one second. I just want to clarify something, which we haven't clarified for a bit here. At 8 a.m. Eastern, you have a lot of off-exchange trades that hit the tape. Some of these are trades that are just getting late reported. Um, I don't know why it's always at eight o'clock, but if you see, you know, the sudden market drop, it's actually just the eight o'clock off exchange trades hitting the tape and they're not, and they're sometimes it's at the closing price yeah. often. They're not real time. So if you look, you know, it looks like it dropped at eight o'clock, the QQQ, and then went right back up. That is actually not the case. All of those trades were on FINRA. So you see this every every day at eight o'clock where you see trades that hit the tape that are actually delayed and just getting processed at that time. I don't know why they process some of them at that time, uh, but they do. So at 8 o'clock, you see some funny stuff, but those trades are not real time. Their previous trades is probably getting reported late. So the real market on the QQQ is not down at 354.84 like the sudden drop. It never traded down there at 8 o'clock. Those are late reported trades, so 355.44. So we're actually up 60 cents. We hardly moved at 8 o'clock. But, you know, if you're seeing, you know, your p go funny, it's those off exchange trades on individual stocks as well that hit the tape at that time. So just ignore that stuff.
0: All right. So let's get back to the question here. The question that I was asking, and I think it's an important one. We've been seeing the rally kind of hold here. Yeah. Why is this rally holding? Well, and
1: uh, let's bring up the tweet here. And it's a good tweet. So we're going to bring this into a long discussion, something that we have been saying for a long time on this show correctly is that this rally has been five or six stocks, has been the majority of this rally. So fantastic tweet here from uh, the Kabisi letter. I think I'm saying that right. The S&P 500, this is this morning, today. So the S&P 500, excluding Nvidia, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Tesla, and Meta, those seven stocks, take those seven stocks out and the S&P is completely flat on the year. That means the other 493 stocks are up a zero. That means there's probably 200 up, there's probably 200 down. So there is other stocks going up, but the other stocks going down. If you take out the big seven, though, we are flat on the year. So you could say, oh, maybe Dennis is going to start a bearish rant on this, but ah, 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 not so fast. If you would have did this stat about three or four days ago, the S&P would be down on the year. But what we have seen change dramatically here, big uh, uh bell blue line in my chat here, Bill Buruch Bur- Bur- who's on CNBC a lot of times saying the same thing. We're seeing the IWM start to participate. And this is a very, very bad news for the bears, because if we start getting broad market rally here, where the small caps and other stocks, value stocks participating, that is what is going to drive us higher. And the recent rally in the S&P isn't being driven by Microsoft and Apple. Those stocks are barely up in the last few days. It's being driven by all the other stocks, the catch-up trade, which we've been waiting for, and we're finally starting to see. So Friday was the first day that we saw the IWM like, whoa, we're breaking out of this range. And then Monday, yesterday, it's like, oh man, gives back half of it. And you're thinking, here we go again, just gonna give it back, but not so fast. The bulls have a case, IWM it's with, with one of its best days, if not its best day of the year. And huge yesterday, huge day yeah. for IWM continuing here this morning, value stocks going up. I can see it in my long-term portfolio because you know me, I'm a value guy. My long-term portfolio has been underperforming, one, because it's got too much cash, but two, mainly because it's just balanced. And we know if you aren't just heavily weighted those seven names, you're underperforming. But because my portfolio is more balanced, yes, I have Amazon and I have a couple of those names, but I'm too balanced. So now what we've been seeing is my, long-term portfolio was breaking out in the last couple of days, and that's because of this broad market move. Other stocks participating, value stocks participating, IWM participating, General Motors. I'm long that. I talked about it, buying that down off that 32 support. It's breaking out here now. So you're starting to see other stocks participate, and that's very good news for the bulls and very bad news for the bears. Now, I know you look at the overall economy, inflation, and all that, and you can say, you know, well, it doesn't seem that good out there. But I will tell you, the last four days have changed a lot, at least from the technical perspective on this market. Money Mitch, what are your thoughts?
0: Yes, definitely. And I could see it in the IWM for a while. Everyone was watching the IWM. Would it make the move, right? Well, there you guys see it. And now you can see that support underneath it clear as day. I mean, I'll show you guys what I was uh, kind of pointing towards. Um, let's see if I still got it here. Uh, I think I got it off there. All right. So one of the things that I think is very important to kind of catch here is kind of this layer of support, right? I mean, look how we were just kind of sideways here and this gave what? whatever, I-, I think more than the opportunity for the institutions, the bigger traders to kind of load up down there at the IWM and really get this party started. Right. And, and I think that just shows us how big the kind of the AI bubble is starting to get now as we're starting to see kind of more of an everything rally versus just the AI names. Right. We had the AI names before, yeah. but now if you take a look at it, it seems like we're starting to get growth names to start moving back up, of course. Uh, still long ARKK. Look at it now, up to forty-three. Yeah. Um. We're starting to get even. I, I even saw industrial names start to come back. Yes. Like DE CAT. Right. Yeah. That shows us more that it's kind of more an everything rally. Look at the KRE. It Look all how that's changed setting up, Friday, right?
1: It yes. all changed Friday, Mitch. So take us back to Thursday, and a lot of these stocks were sitting near the lows. Everything changed Friday. We had the Everything Rally Friday, which we have not seen really in 2023. We haven't seen a lot of days where they're just buying everything. It all changed on Friday. Monday, Hindsight Capital is always 2020, gave you that opportunity to get into some of these names on a pullback here. Um, And now, obviously, we got the continuation yesterday here. So Mitch, you're absolutely correct here. It is now broad participation here. And that is what is driving us up because here, Let's look you know, at NVIDIA the last five days. Check. Well, it's down. NVIDIA is down. It's been one of your leaders. AMD had a good day yesterday, coming back a little bit. But um, you know, if you look at all these other plays like Microsoft, not having a great five days. It's basically flat on five days. Apple, basically flat for five days. Tesla's its own animal right now. We'll get to the story in a, in, in a minute. That stock is just marching right now. Um, Amazon's been marching too. The march hasn't slowed down. So some of the tech's still going. But when we look here, so many of those sleepy names that you were talking about, Deer, Caterpillar, Industrials. I mean, this is a broad-based rally here happening here right now. And that is the first time. So, you know, and I've been in the market neutral camp because I'm like, well, there's so much non-participation here. Well, now you got to be full-on buying dips, I think, because you now have broad participation happening here. So again, you know, yesterday would have been the day to buy, probably not, you know, after we rallied 3% on the IWM because always seems like there's another headline to knock us back. But I think you still have to have your shopping list and you still got to be buying dips. And, you know, I've been doing it lately and I haven't looked at my portfolio, but I'm sure I'm down to about 45% cash. I bought like General Motors, you know, I bought Amazon a while ago, AMD. Airbnb. I recently bought Salesforce.com CRM on the list. Nice you back did. here. I like I that. bought. One. I'm just going, you know, through a number, you know, I, I I bought Upwork, UPWK. I talked about that one. It had a day yesterday, along with Fiverr. Um uh, Spinnering, obviously, you know, we had you know the Fiverr. Um, you know, we had our guest coming on there last week, Sean Emery, who was you know fantastic guest, by the way. You know, and he was talking about FBRR as a sleepy AI play. And you know, since he's been on. Fiverr's up two straight dollars. So, I mean, you know, that's, you know, a turnaround there too. Um, I'm in Upwork. It's similar. Um, I've been saying my target on Upwork is 10. I bought it about 8.30, I want to say. It's 9.20 here this morning. So, I think my target is still 10 on that one. That was more for a trade. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there is opportunities here now to be looking, you know, a little bit further out. You know, you talked about ARKK money, Mitch um we've talked about arkk the quad bottom that it made back there in the middle of may and then it came back down to test and now it's moving up and you know good trade here money mitch i mean at a certain point in time you know you gotta you know we're still in this market where it seems like ringing the register is the prudent thing to do um so it's hard to like just get married to any of these positions but right now bulls in complete control
0: yeah. And just to give an update of my action from yesterday. So what I did was I kept the ARKK. I haven't taken any profits in that, but I had to run towards my profit in NCLH because it just was too much too fast. 20%, over 20% gain here on Norwegian in like two weeks. Nice yeah, trade, I, I got to take it and run. Yeah, um, I agree. So- it was it was a really nice trade there. We'll see what happens on trades like this, but for right now, I even took some profit in Square yesterday. I kind of had to. It's just been I'm too still quick, in the
1: Square too fast. Um, I'm looking at seventy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree with you, I'm Dennis. That's about where seventy. Wanna, that's so where I want to kind of these, take
1: you know, it. And I've bought some stocks in the long-term portfolio, like when I'm throwing in Amazon, even AMD. Those are long-term. But then I've been buying other stocks. Just on pullbacks here, because I feel like yeah. it's going be participation like upwork and squares. Those have a shorter leash. I've been in square for about two weeks here now. Target 70. I've been in upwork for you know the better part of a week. Target is 10. I mean, you know, you gotta have some targets here. And I think if it gets up and hits your targets, you know, it, it it's it's not a bad idea to take some chips off the table. But you know, square turning. I talked about PayPal. I'm not in PayPal, but I feel like I'm participating through Square. It's yeah. starting to show some life perking up. Is there room to 70? I think so. Again, you know, we know the rug can get pulled at any time. We get, you know, a bad inflation data point next week. Is it next week? I keep forgetting. Next week, CPI yes, 13.
0: Next week and also FOMC next yeah, week. Yeah,
1: so, you know, we could get, you know, we but we have some room here for the next few days, in my opinion. You know, but rug pulls happen. You know, yeah. anything it can always, happen. You know, it it always could be a China happen, headline. Right? could be so many different rug pulls. So I don't think it's a bad idea to take some chips off the table at times. But again, I think if you're underinvested here, I think you got to be looking at pullbacks to get some money back to work. Because where really the majority of stocks have been going sideways for the better part of 2023, that is not the case in the last three days. The reason that I started with that slide off the bat wasn't to make a case for the bears. It was to make a case for the bulls. Because the reason you know you've been rallying in 2023 is mainly those seven stocks. But we haven't had those seven stocks really going that much the last few days. We've had the broad market going the last few days. IWM, a great indicator for that. And now that you're getting IWM participation, and JC Peretz will give you a shout out there too, because he was talking about the IWM bottoming a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, it looks, JC, like you may be correct here, because the IWM, and I am long, it's one of my biggest positions in my long-term portfolio, because I feel like there's value there. And I feel like there is a catch-up trade here. On the IWM, because everybody is, you know, the forgotten, you know, stocks here that are trading a lot of these things. A lot of these value names are trading 8, 9, 10, 12 times earnings. I mean, we can say how expensive this market is at 19 or 20 times overall, but you take out some of these crazy PE stocks there. There's a lot of value underneath the hood. There's a lot of stocks trading at ridiculously low valuation, including General Motors, which is why, you know, I took a shot on it. It's trading like six or seven times earnings. So, I mean, if you believe EV is going to be a play, if you believe we're not going to recession, not saying, you know, we don't have a crystal ball and, you know, we don't get married to some of these positions, information changes. We get more information that CPI is starting to go back up. We get more information that the Fed's going to get more aggressive. Well, that might change the narrative here. But as of this moment in time, bulls are back in control
0: definitely back in control i just wanted to give a little shout out to the book club of course what was the book club talking about two weeks ago off of those lows on the sunday we were talking in the book on of course candlesticks we were talking about what rising support lines and how you could clearly see that on the iwm this is a snapshot from the book club's presentation so if you want to check out the book club Definitely recommend it. We talk a lot about uh, patterns like this, and that's what we're working on right now. Let's pivot over. Let's go to let's go to a little bit of some Coinbase talk really quickly. I do want to mention um, it's not necessarily to Coinbase, but more to Binance here. Of course, Binance is not trades. Doesn't trade in the US here, but regulation here is really starting to get concerning as federal regulators say that they lack sufficient assurance over the safety of 2.2 billion of US customer assets, normally under the control of Binance US subsidiary. Um, So, is there more trouble ahead for Bitcoin? um it seems
1: like it it seems like the headlines keep coming here i do and i i will say this you know with crypto and and, you know kramer's you know calling a lot of these you know cryptocurrency scams i agree with him i think a lot of scams i think you know more regulation to gensler's point is a good thing for this industry i do believe if you're playing crypto i think you need to stick to your bitcoin ethereum in, and basically the big couple dogs, you know, I don't know if it's Solana yeah. or anything like that. I don't follow, I don't go outside that. But I I, I think there's still, you know, a case for Bitcoin, a case for Ethereum. You just got to be careful with all this other little stuff. And you got to be careful of where you're investing, obviously. You know, if you're loaded up and you're, all your money's in Binance here, I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous like crazy here right now. You don't want U.S. government coming and talking about, you know, getting involved in regulations, seizing assets. I mean, this is all stuff is scary stuff if you're invested there. Yeah. So I think thinking, if you're, you know, is this a bad news for Bitcoin? Yeah, but it's more bad news for the crypto industry and all these other altcoins. You know, like Bitcoin actually was bouncing yesterday. Bitcoin was turning around here. I think there's, you know, use cases for Bitcoin. There's use cases probably for Ethereum as well. I've said this for years, you know, since all this crypto. Is this, you know, and I used to be long. I'm still long a little bit of Bitcoin. Um, I used to be long Ethereum as well. It's like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then forget about the rest. That's kind of how I've been. It's kind of how I'm going to stick. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of people who hate on me and say, you know, well, don't forget this one or, you know, this one's better than Bitcoin. But, you know, what we've seen happen is that Bitcoin has held up relatively well and a lot of these other altcoins have really gotten beat up. So I think if you're in the crypto space, stick to Bitcoin and Ethereum and be careful where you are invested, because we've seen, you know, in the past, you're obviously, you know, with, with, the, with the Freud situation, you know, and then you look, you know, Binance here now. There just exactly. seems to be not enough regulation. So I completely agree with everything Gensler said yesterday. We do need regulation here to keep people's money safe.
0: And I think that with these comments, my concern would be if, of course, we saw how the bank situation went right with bank runs. Will we see here a run towards getting that $2.2 billion away and getting it back to safety? That's one thing that I would question. Let's kick it to the next conversation here. We're going to go to Elon and Tesla, Mongolia talk of expansion. As you guys see Tesla up today, you can go to the 15 minutes so we can see the action here. And Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, and Mongolia's prime minister on Monday talked about potential expansions and investment. They discussed the possibility of welcoming Tesla to Mongolia for its electric vehicle battery factoring, leveraging the country's wide availability of copper and rare earth elements, which are essential components, of course, of the electric car's batteries. This is according to a statement given to CNBC. Um, they also spoke about bringing Starlink to Mongolia. Um, so it looks like Tesla making conversations here with Mongolia for expansion.
1: I had a trading position on it just before you started talking, so I just got out of the trading position, so I can um, talk Tesla freely here now. So,
0: so you're telling me you took the gain, right?
1: No, loss. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to play the short side. I tried took it. I tried it. it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, small loss though. Small position. Small no loss. Worries. Just playing around. This was overnight day trading, so nothing like you know position trading. I still think Tesla. You know, sometimes and and the, here's the funny thing with trading: you can be bullish something, but you can still take little bearish bets with that. I trade Tesla all the time. It's just a good trading vehicle. It's always liquid. You can get in and out of it easily. You know, why do I pick on a stock like Tesla? Because of the liquidity. I can get in and out. You know, you want to do 500 shares of Tesla, you know, you can get in and out very, very, very easily, you know, within like a nickel where, and and I pretty much at any time of the day, I mean, you go to some of these other stocks to trade, you know, and it's, it's by appointment only after hours. It's just not the liquidity. So, you know, stocks like AMD, NVIDIA, Tesla, it's almost like they're always open. So they're fun to trade and they're decent to trade because there's this little liquidity to allow you to get in and out of them. So, you know, short term, you know, day trading, I'm long Tesla sometimes, short Tesla sometimes, sometimes long and short during the same day. Just, you know, a little choppy, you know, just trading it like that. But I mean, overall here, Tesla's been on an incredible run. These headlines are incredible. Is it overextended? Absolutely. You know, if I was investing in Tesla, would I buy it today? No, I think you got to wait for a pullback here now because it's just up too much too fast. The buying opportunity was at the David Faber interview. If you bought it there, you're you're up like 60 or 70 points here now. You're literally up like 40% since the David Faber interview when everybody thought, oh my goodness, Tesla, it's an AI play. And it is. And, you know, and I agree with that. I think, you know, Tesla still has a long road ahead. I think, it probably ends up going higher here eventually, but I think you need a pullback here to get a better entry point.
0: All right, let's go to booking here as they're announcing a partnership. Of course, this is Priceline with Google Cloud as Priceline and Google AI partnership comes into play. They announced Tuesday to bring artificial intelligence chatbot technology to the travel booking process. Don't know where you want to go? This tool will help you narrow that down pretty quickly. Priceline CEO Brett Keller told CNBC, and Keller said that the AI would help customers make more thoughtful decisions on where and when to travel and would also help his employees speed up on response time. Of course, Priceline is owned by Booking Holdings. We'll see if this can give them a little bit of a lift.
1: Everybody is trying to get an AI headline somehow. And this is just the way it is. And AI is going to be involved with everything. You have pure AI plays like NVIDIA. And then you have everything will have a little bit of an AI component. And companies are coming on and interviewing on CNBC and trying to drop the AI buzzword as much as they can, even if their company has absolutely nothing to do with AI. So don't think of booking as an AI play. It is not an AI play. This is not, it is not lifting on this headline. And the reason for that is this is not an AI play. Now, can AI be involved in some of these companies? Absolutely. But are they going to make more money? Are companies going to make more money because of AI? I mean, if you start replacing humans, yeah, maybe in the short term. But in the long term, then you wonder, you know, who's going to be doing all the, who's going to have the money here. But, you know, that's a bigger conversation here. But I mean, don't think of like booking and all these other smaller companies that AI plays. The AI plays are the pure plays like NVIDIA. Obviously, Microsoft's going to be very involved. We know Amazon and Google's and Meta's are going to be involved. We've talked about some smaller AI plays, but when you're you're reaching, booking is reaching if this is trying to become an AI play. So I mean, it's just everybody trying to drop the AI headline and it's kind of almost getting to a point of ridiculousness.
0: This is where it starts getting into the conversation that, you know, Ken Griffin brought up here. And he's saying that AI community making a terrible mistake. Founder and CEO of Citadel, Ken Griffin, believes that artificial intelligence will be transformative one day, but it's still in the early innings. I do think that the AI community is making a terrible mistake by being full of hype on a near-term implementation implication of general ai said griffin uh so what do we got to look into here is of course is one thing i will mention though citadel is in the process of getting enterprise wide license to use open ai chat gpt so oh i don't even know both sides of the coin here that's one thing to kind of keep in mind
1: I, I don't know what to say on that. All I'll say is my commentary, you know, and to a certain extent here, you know, are we in a little mini AI bubble? Yeah, probably. You know, Anne-Marie a mini one? was hinting at that too. What's that? A mini one? Did you say a mini <laughs> okay, bubble? a big AI bubble. So. <laughs> there you go, but man. I, but I, I'm going to say it again. AI is for real. AI but is but it's not still early, don't Some of these think? bubbles we've had in the past, you know, go away quickly. This one is not going to go away. It's going to be here two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Are we overextended in the AI talk? Absolutely. Is the hype over you know powering and overextended? Absolutely. Do we need a pullback in some of these stocks? I think so. That's why I said NVIDIA, I said it the other day, I think it may have topped out. You know, it wasn't a great day for it yesterday. Here, I may be wrong and maybe I regret that call today. You know, who knows? Because this thing just starts getting hot again. The next story could take it. But you know, right now, I think. You know, I'd be ringing the register in a stock like NVIDIA just because it's gone too much too fast. Not shorting the stock because, and again, sometimes, you know, maybe you could. I mean, if you're leaning on 400, I would lean obviously on the all-time highs because when stocks are making new all-time highs, you absolutely cannot be short them. Um, We have made the all-time high in NVIDIA six days ago. We have been going up in the overall market, but NVIDIA is not participating here now. It feels like it's due for a pullback here. Maybe not to fill the gap. I don't know if you're going to ever fill that earnings gap. But maybe a challenge like that day, like the 366. Maybe you come back and challenge that area. And maybe that's your entry point. I mean, for me, the way I'm playing it is AMD because I feel like AMD and Lisa Sue is going to be a big player here as well. And I also feel like there's a catch-up trade here because AMD's valuation is so much cheaper Mm -hmm. than NVIDIA that I just feel like that's the safer way for me to play it. So that's how I'm playing it. But I do think some of this AI hype I do think we're overextended i do think we're due for a pullback
0: all right let's move forward to an earning stock today i'm going to get take us to stitch fix as they stitch rise <laughs> on q3 beat and cost saving measures q3 eps at a loss of 19 cents beat the loss of 30 cent estimate sales of 394.91 million beat the 388 Point nine four million estimate this quarter, we delivered an adjusted EBITDA of ten point one million, exceeding our guidance range and significantly expanding our free cash flow. CEO Katrina Lake said in their report,
1: um, it's, it's a stock, it's just too small for me to care about, really. I mean, is there life here? Is this one of those catch up trades? Maybe, but it's a four dollar stock. I mean, and we were it's talking also about retail, this one. right? I mean, well, well that too. And, I mean, retailers are in the gutter. But, again, we're in an everything rally here right now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be careful selling short anything exactly. right now here. Bulls, again, go back to our original conversation 20 minutes ago. Bulls are in control right now. What does that mean? It means shorts are having a tougher time. So, you could say, oh, wow, well, Stitch Fix major resistance of four is bound to go down. I'm sure there's some short interest in here. I'm sure there's some other things. I'm sure, you know, this stock went from 110 bucks to 3 Could it go to five? Yeah, it would suck if you were short this thing at 368 and it goes to five on you. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to five, but I'm just saying you got to be careful shorting anything. But am I sticking Stitch Fix in my long-term portfolio? No. Do I think, you know, there's a long-term story here? I don't know. I think a lot of these $3, $4 stocks just continue to leak and go lower. So, I think there's better places for your money. I'd just be careful, you know, shorting anything here right now because the bulls are in
0: control one thing that i would say about uh not stitch fix but i gotta give you a shout out dennis you were right i was wrong i love to always point it out and why not right because that's how it's gonna be sometimes macy's baby you you weren't that bad not bad well i haven't been
1: looking look it did i made that call i didn't even look at it again
0: it it reversed and and i saw a pretty strong day yesterday from kss um, and Macy's. And I think this was kind of more of what you're saying there. Everything rally, yes. even a stock like this starting to come back. Yes. And it's not that it gave the best report, right? I mean, no, it, was it wasn't crappy. looking great, but still coming back, right? And the, I think that's this something was, that we
1: got to it, it, it was the bathwater. Like it's gotten to a point where evaluation is low enough. I was even saying, even if they hit the lower numbers, I think we're still trading six times earnings. This valuation just got just too extreme. Bearishness is too extreme. It felt like the capitulation event. It was down in the pre market. It hit, I think, 12 bucks or something. Had bounced off those lows and was holding around 1280, 13. And that's when I said, I think, you know, a buy at 13. I think this thing could see 15. What well, saw it the next day? <laughs> now it's 16. So, I mean, you know, yeah, that was, that was kind of like an easier call for the capitulation. Wish I would have traded it. Um, yeah i know I you did but i'm
0: sure you did there's you so many things we <laughs> talk about
1: and we talk about it for a minute and then i move on and don't think about it again like i said i need to start yeah. re-listening to the show because I, we give so many trading ideas and then we don't utilize those trading ideas like unity like when I, screw, I screwed up palantir but you know there's so many that we actually talk about i'm like oh i like that and then i just forget fiverr was the same thing i talked about this in the show and along with sean Emery, and you know and i was like oh i like this too so same thing i mean we need to start re-listening
0: to our shows i agree and i think sometimes it's very important to kind of catch and then also reassess what's the current environment did i did i have that outlook correct and then of course looking into the open let's keep going let's get to one last one here i want to talk about dave and busters who's playing out there surprise beat on eps let's take a look at play here Uh, they got in the Q1 EPS here at a1.45 beat the dollar 24 estimate sales of 597.3 million missed the 601.71 million estimate a uh, surprise beat on eps a miss there on sales
1: and again you're in a similar situation in the macy's you know we've just been so oversold valuation is cheap i mean are, if we are going into recession you know are they earnings going to go down yeah but we don't know if we're going to do that you have so much support in the long-term chart 30 to 32 on this thing and it was holding the recent support of 32 very well so now you get the earnings it moves it higher here I'd be careful shorting this too, because it could be follow through. There are people out here looking not only for AI plays now, but for looking for value plays They're looking for everything. And that's the IWM. The IWM is not AI. The IWM is everything else. Everything else is rallying in the last three days. So keep that in mind. Bulls in complete control.
0: Also, it's summertime, right? I mean, um, if there's anything that might get a little lift there, I'm thinking maybe play in the summer, right? I mean... Parents looking where they can take their kids in the summer, right? Well, I think Maybe. Dave and Buster's is definitely on top of that list. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to get out of this conversation. In a second, we'll get to Ryan Craver, our interview. I did want to kind of mention, I think you caught an interesting news there in Marvell, Dennis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look so at Marvel. Marvell, I I Mar-Vell is one that's been open.
0: sneaky. Um, and I think this is a very similar pattern that AMD had yesterday. It already took off, so it kind of seems like hindsight twenty twenty. But I have talked about this on uh, Start Swing Trade yesterday, and how the nine EMA setup on pullback seems to be working very well. So stocks that had gaps up that are coming back towards like that gap support, holding around the nine EMA, looking for moves higher. Very similar move yesterday on AMD. I'm looking for maybe a repeated move there on Marvell and already seeing that lift there.
1: We're uh and and just giving you the news here from Christian it's Um, just tweeting it out here. And obviously this came you know from multiple sources. We've got Bloomberg reporting this as well now. Here it sounds like um there's a Taiwanese press that is saying Marvell has won the, the contract for Amazon's second generation AI inference ASIC. Mm. Chip. So that is the reason for this rally here this morning. Again, technicals are the reason here, too. You had the little pullback. So, you know, it it went ridiculous. You know, rocket ship mode, 45 to 68. Then we had a pullback and a check, almost a 50% retracement of the recent move, 57. Now it starts to lift here again. So, you know, I do think these chips, and this is another AI play here, more of a pure play, not pure, but more pure than like bucking. So, I mean, you're going to see these even pullbacks get bought. You wonder if Micron, and again you know this is obviously marvell's its own thing but micron similar chart breaking out we know chips are hot here right now breaks out to 75 pulls back and checks back to 67 68 micron's kind of sleepy here i wonder if mu doesn't try to get a lift now, obviously this is not the headline for them but i wonder just from a technical perspective if this isn't a buying opportunity for mu here right now i don't have any position
0: I think it's something to keep an eye out for. Um, one thing is very similar, right? Very similar patterns. Stocks that have popped, that have pulled back, gone sideways, and that gives us an ability to at least have a level to risk on. I will be looking at like six, like 67.50s. Um, you can see the low on Tuesday, 66.82. So maybe it's 67. But you can see in the pre-market, we've already kind of made a move here towards 68 maybe pullback opportunities looking for on Micron and Marvell, very similar patterns, right? Stocks Mm -hmm. that have popped that are going sideways, very similar also to NVIDIA. NVIDIA is, is, is near that same looking chart, right? They're all kind of similar gap ups, sideways action, see if they resume. A lot of times when I see a stock gap up, I wonder, does it quickly go into that gap? If it goes sideways on that support, it seems like that gap is acting as support and then it could push higher. We'll see what happens to these stocks. All right, getting out of our conversation today, we've still got some more conversation to get into, so don't go anywhere. But we have our guest today. Smash the like, guys. Let's get to our guest. Craver, retail expert, founder of Commerce Canal. How we doing, Ryan?
2: Doing well. How you gentlemen doing? Good to see you this morning.
0: Ready to get after this market, of course. And uh, I know that you've been keeping a close eye on a favorite out there, especially retail favorite. I felt like it gave a real generational opportunity. But let's talk about Amazon.
2: Amazon, they came out with some numbers that you know were down relative to where they've been prior years, prior quarters. But you just can't get around the beast. They continue to grow probably the largest moat in the history of retail. I just I, I can't deny how much traction they've gotten, how much longer they're gonna continue to be the major provider for most of the retail growth. If you take a look at what's gone up here, yeah, you see a decline in the overall year-over-year growth rates, but they're at a scale now where they are the Goliath, and if retail goes down, uh, they will be the ones that will be hit. But if retail goes up, they will be the ones that will be the you know the benefactor of that. So, whether you look at their advertising, their stores, their actual online stores, anything around AWS, all of it is doing relatively well, and I, I can't get around them. They I are. mean,
1: they're just a player in everything. We had a rumor breaking the other day that they're gonna get into the telecom industry here. I mean, Ryan, they just are in everything here. It's hard, and people will look at Amazon and say, Well, the valuation doesn't make any sense. It's trading 70 or 80 times earnings, it doesn't make any sense. But again, I've argued before that even you look at the sales metrics, you know, price to sales, Amazon's not trading that bad. And when you look, you know, if they you know stopped, you know, focusing so much on growth and started focusing more on the bottom line that they could grow that bottom line very quickly if they wanted to here. I am long Amazon, full disclosure. Um, I just think like they're just in everything. This is just one of the major players in the world in every industry. It feels like it's not just a retailer anymore. Um, It's, and you know, think about AI and the growth that's going to, they're going to be participating there as well. Um, What are your thoughts here? Just one on Amazon valuation. And then two, how big is AI going to be for Amazon?
2: yeah I like you said they're the toll booth of e-commerce the toll booth of internet they've got some sort of play in every single thing that they're doing um, the only thing that I would say that they've probably needed to pull back on because of failure is China but I mean that's pretty common amongst many of the major tech players uh, valuation I'm a long-term holder uh, so I'm talking my book here it's also a big driver of the revenue that we bring in so we're running several different major brands on Amazon. I think I think you continue to accumulate and you buy. To your point, they just have so many levers. If the advertising business slows, they make some changes on the AWS business. If the AWS yeah. business slows, they make some changes on the advertising business or the seller services business. They, they just have too many levers to pull and manipulate Wall Street.
0: Now I want to ask you a little bit. You just mentioned on China's struggle, but what about international growth overall for Amazon?
2: Yeah, you hit the you hit the point right in the head. They have struggled, but they have seen a little bit of improvement. You'll see that yellow line uh, more recently. I think if, if we look at their international business, the UK and Germany has done quite well for them. Um, they still do have some some major incumbents that they're fighting, believe it or not. you know Companies like eBay are still very strong in, in Germany, but I think that prime effect really has taken hold and will continue to take further hold, similar to how we've seen in the US. Uh, and then the big question is, is, what are they gonna do in India? Um, India's got some major players as well, but if they can if they can get that market completely churning like how they've got uh, the U.S. going over the next decade or so, they're going to be playing the best demographic profiled any country in the world right now in uh, in India.
0: Truly interesting to definitely keep an eye out on that international sales growth. If it could get any spike, I. I'd definitely be interested as an Amazon uh, investor looking to get in. I, I miss this opportunity below 100, definitely kicking myself for it. I want to talk a little bit about online sales. Of course, uh, they've been essentially flat now. And this is majority of where the sales come from, right? I mean, I know because I can just look outside and I'm sure there's an Amazon package waiting for me already. Uh, but talk to me about this, Ryan. How are we looking?
2: Yeah, so to Dennis's point, They no longer care about being an online retailer. They just care about being the toll booth of e-commerce, right? So if you look at their services play, it's very similar to where Apple was five to seven years ago when they were starting to focus on cloud and things like that. They're focused on the services business, much higher margin, uh, much easier. They don't have to take on inventory, and it's a cash flow positive business. So the third-party seller services means that now – they're just using the site to sell products for other sellers. They're no longer taking in the product, owning it themselves. Advertising. They're selling real estate on a web page, and then AWS. They're they're fueling the startups, the existing startups of today and and tomorrow. So, who cares if their online sales aren't growing? As long as their services business is, they're in a good place.
0: All right, let's get out a little bit about Amazon. Let's talk about retail overall and the AI bubble that we're seeing. How will AI play into retail here, Ryan?
2: I think AI is going to play for the tech providers, the guys that are selling the ads. It's going to play for the, um, the AWSs, the snowflakes of the world. In terms of just general retail, as well, so you guys were talking about Macy's and you were talking about Stitch Fix and others. I don't think it's going to play a huge role, to be honest. The role that it's already been playing is kind of there. They may be using it for forward forecasting and things like that. But to see Macy's develop a chat bot that is based on AI, yes, we'll see stuff like that. But I don't think it's going to play a huge, huge role in our traditional brick-and-mortar retail. To Dennis's point, it will play a big role on, on the guys like uh amazon who are running the aws it will play a big role for guys like snowflake who are running some of the startups that are tied to retail but traditional brick and mortar i don't think it's going to play a huge role
1: let's talk traditional brick and mortar just here for a second because have we gotten to a point and i made this argument last week with macy's correctly that I believe, you know, we just got to a point where it's just so oversold that a lot of this bad news is priced in. And they came out on their quarter, and the quarter was not good. And they lowered the guidance, and it was a mess. But I was talking on the show that day. I'm like, even if they hit the lower guidance, I mean, the thing's trading six, seven times earnings. Did we just get to a point on brick and mortar that maybe it just got, you know, too cheap?
2: Yeah, I think, I think we did. With that said, yeah. There's, there's no possible catalyst I can think about for a Macy's of the world over the next you know five, ten years. Right? Yeah, the long-term so, trend
1: is not your friend here.
2: Right. So you're either playing with those that are opening new stores or have positive comps. A company like Five Below continues to open more and more stores. You see a growth trajectory there. Costco, you still see, even though they posted the lowest comp they've posted since 2017, I believe is the date. Um, they continue to be one that's more productive with the spaces that they have. And then you've got even those that are showing an even worse profile than Macy's, the companies like Foot Locker, um, that are, they're truly, truly struggling. And they're also trying to loosen their dependence on companies like Nike and Adidas that has the issues with easy and things like that. So at traditional brick and mortar retail there's really only those that I think that are growing their store count that are worthwhile if we're thinking about growth. Now, if it's if it's for a trade like you said on Macy's, yeah. Yeah. Brick and mortar retail is depressed. It's a it's I, pretty bad looking out there.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, things get oversold, but the overall trend's still not your friend here. And you know, if you're coming in here and putting all your money into brick and mortar, I think you could have a balance here with the IWM. And I think, you know, it's nice to see value teams start to pick it up. But I do believe mm-hmm. I think you've got to look, you know, here at you know the overall secular decline of brick and mortar retail is just not a pretty picture here. And I mean, things have just changed. You know, people buy shoes from online. I mean, I I personally would never go and buy a pair of shoes online, but the younger generation is not afraid to do that. You know, even my wife she buy clothes online, she buys this online. I'm like, how do you know it fits? Like, how do you know yeah. the shoe fits? You can like, return it. It doesn't matter. On. But it I'm old school. Matter, right? So, I mean, I get it, you know. And now it's like, oh, well, why am I going to bother going to the mall? And, you know, and it's just it, things are just done differently here now. And that's where brick and mortar is really struggling.
0: Let's look into a little yeah. future outlook on that, Ryan. Um, what do you think in, in the, let's say, five to 10 years? Are we just going to see all just D2C models, just direct to consumer models versus having a big brick and mortar?
2: I mean, I I think the trend will continue. We'll continue to purchase more and more on e-commerce. We saw it accelerate through the pandemic and it's kind of come down a bit. um, But I can't see how this doesn't change. Dennis, you are one that is probably going to go away over time as it's easier and easier and easier to buy these products online and return yeah. them. Yeah. You know, we talk about shoes. Shoes, if you buy from Amazon, you can return it to any Kohl's. You can return it to any UPS store. You can pop it back in, in, into UPS or into FedEx to return it. So they make it so darn easy to buy and return it. The yeah. problem is, is that there's a lot of returns. We sell a lot of shoes online, and we see anywhere from a 10 to 16% return rate. That has that. to go, right? <laughs> right. Or or someone's buying multiple sizes, or they're willing to go through multiple waves, and none of that money is free. So, uh, you know, free returns are not truly free, and free shipping's not truly free. It's baked into the cost somewhere. Where are they going
1: to return these shoes if Kohl's goes out of business? There's the question here. You can return <laughs> the Kohl's, but holy cow, I mean, this KSS, and I was long this thing for a long time incorrectly. Um, you know, it's got a 9% dividend. And you're like, wow, that's a nice attractive dividend. But holy, has this thing just been a dumpster fire of a stock? I don't know the company as well. Like, I know what they do. But the the, the dumpster fire of a stock is undeniable here, you know, from You know, we were talking about a buyout at 65, 50, 40, 30, 20. I mean, I'm out of it here now, but wow, this is just not pretty here. Is there, and and I see Nordstrom, we could go to that conversation too. Now they're talking about closing stores in Canada. I mean, uh, where are they going to return all this stuff if these other brick-and-mortar stores go out of business?
2: Fair point. Uh, I guess, (laughs) I guess, I guess. Or maybe that's why they stay
1: in business, for the Amazon returns.
2: Fair enough. I, you know, it, it's UPS stores and FedEx stores that are probably going to start to take the majority of the returns. You know, I, I, I said about a year ago, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe banks start taking returns. Um, you know, it, there's only going to be so many brick and mortar stores left. Kohl's, there's, there's nothing positive I can see. Maybe they have an activist shareholder come in to try and take them private, but that's going to load up a bunch of debt on the sheet maybe they have an activist shareholder to come out and have them spin off some of their brands, but there's, there's just no positivity. You'll remember at Nordstrom, we had the family trying to a takeover and that failed. Um, but these, these, these companies are continuing to lose their value and all they have left is the brands that they sell or own and the boxes that are productive. Beyond that, it's, you know, it's not looking very good in retail relative to the, the stalwarts like the Amazons and the Shopify's.
0: My last question, Ryan would go to more like ad tech, right? Of course, um, we've been seeing how AI has really been jumping. And I think that ad tech and AI have really two things that will merge together here. How do you see this, Ryan? And could you see any companies that could get some benefit opportunities off of this?
2: Yeah, so that's a a huge one, Mitch. Um, we've been seeing it for years right so a lot of us in the industry are like hey everyone just all of a sudden woke up to chat gpt yes chat gpt was a new offering however we've been using ai for pretty much everything that we're, we're doing in terms of ad tech right um i think if you look at the googles and the facebooks of the world they are taking more and more of the autonomy of the brands to sell and market their brands online so you're now forcing more and more into these tools and they are running the dials. You're just telling Facebook, Hey, I want to spend a couple hundred bucks on this particular ad. They do everything. That's all AI driven, cookie based driven for the most part. Um, And and I think they're going to continue to do that and continue to apply AI as best they can and give us the highest possible return for the highest possible cost per click.
0: Yeah, definitely. Our data is going to be important. Ryan Craver, retail expert, founder of Commerce Canal. Definitely check him out. I put his Twitter in the description below. Always good to have you on, Ryan. We'll, ha- we'll have you next time. Appreciate it.
2: Cheers, guys. Have- Thanks, Ryan. All
0: right. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get back to, of course, let's go to our trade zero segment. Take a look sure. underneath the hood. See what gappers are up. If you guys got a stock, you guys want to check it out. Definitely. This is your chance. Throw it up in the chat. all right net change up let's take a look to see what's standing out here and of course you see netflix showing up here and why is netflix up today looks like there is some upgrades here jp morgan maintaining overweight on netflix but raising the price target target to 470. so it was just a maintain but a price target raised to 470 and this has really taken off since kind of that 330 pullback where do you see Netflix? I, I'm, I'm to
1: telling it. you, the reason for Netflix is, and they're starting to talk about it. It's this, pa- and 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 Oppenheimer made. Here's Oppenheimer comments too. There's you know from yesterday, so this is multiple people. This is from this from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're talking about you know adding you know that uh, Netflix could add nine million paid subscribers due to the password crackdown. I mean, this is what's happened in Canada. I talked about this six months ago. They, uh, you got to go break down. You got to go actually buy Netflix because you can't share it with five of your friends here now. So, I mean, I think subscribers are absolutely going to go higher. I think this is a smart move by Netflix to crack down on this because people were buying, you know, a Netflix account and sharing with four of their friends and basically just free riding off of one account. That is gone here now. So, you're going to see subscribers go up here on Netflix. I think Netflix is a buy on all pullbacks here. I sold it back when it was 300 or whatever, 320 Wish I would not have sold it. It was obviously, you know, when it got down, I talked about this. When it got down to 170, I tripled down on my original position, and that was a really good move. Wish I would have held on. I think Netflix is a buy on pullbacks. I think the the subscribers go substantially higher for the same reasons Oppenheimer's site is that you can't share your password. So people are like, okay, well, 15 bucks a month, I'm just going to go pay for it.
0: This just shows me more and more Netflix still best of breed. 100%. Nobody wants anything else. Nothing but the Netflix. competing
1: even close. We thought when Disney Plus came out that Disney could have the content to beat Netflix. They have not put enough investment nah. dollars into this. They have not focused, they've done everything wrong. There's not, no, there's nothing to watch on Disney Plus. This has been the problem we've talked about for a year and a half. I subscribed to it and I was like, oh, this is great, I'm watching all these old movies, I'm watching all this stuff. You know, it's great content. Disney comes out with good stuff. Some of the Star Wars stuff, the recent stuff's been crappy, but they come out with pretty good stuff. They just don't have enough of it. Netflix has got new stuff all the time, yeah. of it's maybe junk, but at least there's something to watch. And then, you know, they get the odd squid games or something like that, which is addictive. I mean, we're at a point here now where nothing is even close to competing and streaming with Netflix. Nothing even close. So, I mean, Disney has dropped the ball here. They need to figure it out. You can talk Hulu's and all the other ones. It's not even in the realm of closeness to Netflix. Netflix is dominant in streaming, and they're going to continue to remain dominant in streaming. And now their subscribers are going to start, start going up because of the crackdown on password sharing. Netflix is a buy on all pullbacks, in my opinion.
0: I think all Netflix needs to do now, and uh, I talk about this, is uh, just, just transition into having some TV channels on there. And man, would anyone go away from Netflix? I don't think so. All right. Let's get out of Netflix talk. There's one that stands out to me here that's interesting. I've been having a lot of people talk about it, Uh, the growth stock that is Wayfair, right? What about Wayfair? Really starting to push off this 36 bottoming area now towards 52. It's been a big run already. What do you think about Wayfair, Dennis?
1: Um, again, we're in this market that's starting to turn stuff around. Dogs are barking. Wayfair has been in the gutter here for yep. a long time. 30 long consolidation period. We talked about the hook. We're hooking up here. The hook. So I mean, on pullbacks here, yeah, I think Wayfair is a buy here too. So, I mean, there's just a lot of stocks here that are perking up. You know, a lot of stocks yep. that are looking a hell of a lot better. A lot of stocks that we've been calling, you know, on some of these two here, Money Mitch. Yeah. I mean, we're taking a lot of heat from the chat here today. I mean, the haters. Once You know, I, I, what, what i got to <laughs> stop doing is to stop acknowledging it. Because they know they get to me, so then they all come and they really start going at you here. Oh, yeah, Dennis makes every wrong call. Dennis can't call anything right. For some reason, I make money every month. I don't know why that's possible because I call everything wrong. I'm 100% wrong all the time, according to the haters. But for some reason, I make money. So I don't know how that is. I must be figuring something out, you know, but because I'm such a terrible market caller. I didn't call Palantir. I didn't call, you know, the recent rally and a lot of these other stocks here like AMD. No, no, they don't mention that. They mentioned, oh, but he said Moderna, Moderna. Yeah, I said Moderna long, <laughs> BNTX short. You, you know what I they say don't about mention that? That part, they said, he said Moderna long and they just cut out and lie about that. I didn't say that. You know, some of these yeah. people just want to piss you off. It's their but job. I, they feel good about themselves because maybe they struggle and they want you to do bad because they want you to do. So just ignore the haters and they get to you, man. Because you know what, I have like a hundred people tweeting at me a day. I'm not joking. My Twitter timeline is 100 to 200 tweets a day. That's what comes at me.
0: What, I would, say, what I would say about that
1: is one or two people that won't stop, and they just keep, and then you eventually have to block them or do something. You know, like I'm talking, I'm talking like 80% of Twitter is good, but you got like 10% that literally just go out there. Their job, when they wake up in the morning, like who can I piss off today? Those people are just
0: assholes. That's yeah, awesome. I- it, the thing is here Dennis one thing that I've noticed and I noticed this from a lot of Traders out there Dennis they have this need and search for what for for perfection there is no perfect Trader out there there is I don't nobody think it's perfection I think there's just people who really like
1: like get excited by pissing you
0: off. Especially for like one thing I've seen, at least for people that talk about stocks is that they almost expect them to be right every time. And then when they're not right, they just want to push on that, right? Like, hey, your accuracy was wrong here. The truth is, I think Dennis and I only care about our accuracy being good enough to make money. 52%. (laughs) That's all we care about, man. I'm going to be wrong on
1: any given day. I'm probably going to be wrong almost half the time. But if I can be right just a little bit more, or if I can, you know what, you can be wrong even more than you're right. But as long as you cut your losers and let your winners ride a little bit, you can still be successful. The whole name of the game here is discipline, admitting when you're wrong quickly, and changing your opinion. That is all trading is. It's not about accuracy. And people who say, oh, I'm 100% right all the time. You know why? Because they they probably don't take losers. They just hold on to the losers and say, well, they come back eventually. So I've never had a losing trade. We'd have people come in to the Bright Trading Office, you know, interviewing for a, a job. <laughs> you won't believe this. I've never had a losing trade never, before. ever. Never had a losing trade before. You won't believe this. I'm 100% accurate. It's because they hold on to all their losers and they don't consider those losers. Those are paper losses. And then eventually most of them come back. But what eventually happens is you get a portfolio of losers that way and eventually it erodes your capital because you can't be right 100% of the time. Cut those losers. We're going to be wrong. I wish I could be right 100% of the time, folks. I wish I could only, you know, give good trading, you know, like, you know, and like all good ideas, all positive ideas, but we're
0: going to be wrong. That's we part of the game, wrong. man. Part of the game. Now is. Roku is a stock that I'm keeping on watch. I think this could really start going. I know that a lot of people don't believe in the story. I don't think I even believe in the story either. But what do I believe in the story of? I believe that growth stocks are making their way back. And this is one that's been starting to get going. Um, Recently had a move to 76. So looking to see if we can get above kind of like these resistance right here around 66, 50s and 67s. Um, But doesn't look too bad right now. Started to make a move. I've been talking about Roku. And don't forget about
1: Netflix is helping this. Yeah. Netflix is helping the Roku. So it has multiple things going for it right now. One, it's been sleepy. It has not participated in the Reason rally. Yeah. ARKK perking up, Roku's part of that. That starts to help it too, and the Netflix story helps Roku as well. I still don't think Roku is your streaming play though because I think it's just, you know, the one trick pony and I think as, you know, they build it and Roku's again built into TVs too. So there is still the play there, but if you want to play net play streaming, I'm I still like Netflix better.
0: We'll see what happens here. With also, uh, I think this is an important one to take a look at tonight. Reporting earnings could GameStop talk AI tonight. Probably. They have earnings tonight, Dennis, and you know, you know how they are about buzzwords, man. They don't, they don't like to miss. Minutes. They never
1: talk more than a minute or two. They'll probably just say AI ten times and then quit the call. <laughs>
0: All I'm saying is, I I mean, it's it's
1: it's up. So here, here again, wouldn't be (laughs) shorted. I'm not. Here again is one of my core strategies working. I give this strategy to you. We give a lot of, of of we give a lot of good tips on this show. Being long stocks ahead of reports. Long stock, long GME right now. If you're long this ahead of the report. You are making seven point five
0: three percent here this
1: morning. Is there a headline on this? It's gotta no, I be think, something.
0: I, I think they—they they just know, man. They—they they see the. Earnings but I'm telling come you, and, there's just alpha to be
1: extracted from being long stocks ahead of earnings reports. It works. Yeah, it, selling it, it, them before because the report is a gamble. But you're long right now. You didn't take the risk, and you're up seven percent here already. So another one of our core strategies,
0: paying the bills. We'll see what happens there on GameStop. They report tonight and definitely smash the like, guys. If you guys want to take an extensive look into some shorts and you guys are looking to try to get some locates, def- definitely check out TradeZero's flagship software here, Tr- Zero Pro. I'm going to throw it up in the chat here. Like always, you guys can check them out to see some of these shorts that we have. And let's go ahead. We're going to wrap up the market here. Uh, pulling this down. Let's talk a little bit about what are you seeing in the market overall, Dennis? What will you be looking Mixed for today? Mixed again here today. So
1: we're seeing, you know, and obviously SP is only up 0.11%, but we're seeing a little bit of of continuation here. I mean, you're getting the dog tech, like the Kathy type stocks barking a firm here today. A firm ripping higher here right now. I'm not sure if there was just mm-hmm. a headline here that broke or not, but it's up 12%. Another one that was sleepy, kind of going nowhere, not doing much here. And all
0: of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. A firm. is up eight. It's up. It's, it's really ripping Rising right support lines, breaking. man. Uh, Rising support lines. I've been seeing these. Yeah, there has to be something news for sure. And this is- a, Probably a an AI
1: headline. Amazon
0: pay ads. A firm providing customers- and merchants with another flexible payment option. So uh, looks like Amazon. they adding and a firm
1: to the Amazon. That's a huge headline for a firm. That is a. There huge you go, headline. guys. That's Bloomberg.
0: Yeah, that's and, a and, huge and,
1: headline for a firm.
0: And I think this is very wow. important to look at. We were talking about this stock just a little while ago on Start Swing Trade, looking for stocks like this, stocks that were thought as going to zero that are turning around because of the environment we're in. Carvana falls under that name, right? Yeah. It Upstart does. falls under that name. Yeah, it does. Stocks like these, we're gonna keep an eye out for because they can run, man. So many shorts piled in on this, and I think the shorts are just watching themselves you have get to be, and pulled out.
1: You have to be very cautious shorting anything right now. We're finishing the show with what we started the show. We talked about being very, very cautious. Yeah. With um obviously we talked about being very cautious here with shorting stocks here right now, you've gotta be continue to be very cautious shorting stocks here right now.
0: IWM, right? Started to get these smaller caps also making a move, right? And we gotta be careful with names like this. There's been so many names that we've talked about like, That were like zombie names that we were looking to go to zero and now might not right and i think that uh, it was a survival period you could see some of these stocks really start to lift that's why i've been looking into the gutter seeing what could get a a little bit of a lift Um, i still have lazr that started to make a little bit of a move i'm looking for stocks like that like let's say like a forgotten favorite like qs Look how that's starting to get a little bit of a move. I don't have a position in this, but stocks like this that have been in the gutter that are favorites, right? Even, even a stock like a, a favorite on um, a Kathy Wood, she's been loading this thing up like no tomorrow. Look at DNA. Look how it's just sideways kind of stair-stepping its way back higher. So be careful with these names, of course. They're not the, the best outlook, but they have been turning things around. And I think these are also names with high short interest. They yeah. could keep getting pushed or shorts kind of covering here. Uh, that's going to do it today. Definitely keep it up with Triple D Trader. You guys know my man. Keep up with all the action. He definitely puts out some great tweets. So if you don't have him on Twitter, you're missing out. Last comment, Dennis.
1: Um, just you know, We're seeing a very mixed market here today. I'm just trying to process this a firm headline here. Obviously, yeah. we've got the big pop pulling back here a little bit off those highs. It's growing crazy here right now. They just mentioned on CNBC too what this means for the other payment providers. I'm trying to like process all this right now here. You know, obviously this headline just broke five minutes ago. So I'm just trying to think about it. So I'll probably mm-hmm. have thoughts later on today.
0: Hey, there you guys keep up with Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader. You have a good one, Dennis. Take care, I'll see you See you guys, thanks everyone. All right, we're gonna wrap up and bring you guys over, of course, to live trading action. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll get into some trading action and who knows, I might get in a firm trade in? Who knows? I still got Moomoo. We'll see what happens. See if I'm able to nail this type of trade. Come over to live trading. That's starting up right now. Don't go anywhere, team.